0: Welcome to today's podcast. Today I've got with me Graham Hart, who's uh, an M&A specialist. But he's got a bit of a twist which uh, really caught my attention and he focuses on uh, project management throughout the exit or during the exit so- cycle. So, Graham, welcome to today's show. Look, you've really caught my interest, so why don't you give us a bit of a background to begin with and tell us all about what you do, how you fell into it, and we'll run from there. Hey,
1: thanks, thanks, Daryl, and uh, thank you for... Uh getting me to speak with you today. Um, So I'm a mergers and acquisitions project manager. Um, I work both on the sell side and the the buy side on on, on transactions. Um, And I help business owners to manage their way through a uh, a merger or an acquisition or a sell project. Um, My background, uh, I came from uh, 20 plus years in working for large corporates Uh, and um, private equity-backed businesses, uh, working in-house with a job title in corporate development, which is what corporates call their M&A teams. Um, And and I was managing uh, M&A projects, um, and I worked on uh, global projects. Uh, I worked on private equity-backed investments. Uh, And about eight years ago, I decided to set up my own business uh, providing M&A support to owners of businesses. So effectively what I do is provide corporate development that the big companies do, but as a service to the SME marketplace.
0: Okay, so they, it's a bit of a portfolio role. SMEs don't need you full time, they just engage you to run their exit or their transaction process. Um, And so you work with two, three clients at a
1: time? Uh, no more than two, really, because um, as you're aware, transactions are pretty full-on, and the deeper you get into them, uh, there's uh, they need they need full attention. So uh, I usually work with the owners, and, and as a process develops, you get more engaged in the in, in the process, uh, mm. and the more uh, people are involved on the um, the buying side, the tougher it gets for the, uh, the business owner, and the more support they need.
0: Yeah, so. Bigger transactions need more work. So is there a type of or a size of business that would really uh, benefit from someone like yourself?
1: The businesses I target are usually in the range of about £10 million uh, turnover up to around £100 million. At the higher end, they would start to have their own in-house expertise, uh, an in-house and M&A, M&A person. But below that, uh, and because m isn't their core activity, they're unlikely to have somebody in-house to do that. So those uh, activities uh, fall on the CEO or the CFO um, usually.
0: Okay. So so that that what we call mid-market size, they're not focusing yeah. on MA, um, could really benefit from expertise. So really interesting, you mentioned the CFO or, or the FD, which is you know a bit of a mix over here. What's the difference between what you do and, and what the FD would normally get involved in? Well, quite simply, I
1: mean, an FD is very much focused on the, on, on the financial side of the business, ensuring its financial strength. Um, and yeah, my focus is on, on project managers. I'm not an FD. I don't pretend to uh, try and advise on the financials of a business. Uh, my expertise is in, in on bringing in project management expertise coordinating all of the activities involved in a in a sale process for instance Um, now occasionally um, someone may look to bring in an fd or a cfo but my view is if there is a cfo or an fd in the business already then bringing somebody of that title in from the outside to supplement them i think creates some 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 tensions Um, on a number of the exits that I've worked on. I've worked on alongside uh, a CFO um, and we've worked in, in, in cooperation, good
0: collaboration to get a deal over the line. Yeah. So very much hand in hand or alongside the CFO yeah, to, to bring uh, more firepower.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I focus than just the financials. When you get into an exit, um, a potential buyer is going to be look at look at the num- the numbers of course but they're going to be looking at um, across the business uh, at a lot of other areas as well so it's the commercial the operational the technical um, the human resources parts of the business so it's far more than the, the financials
0: okay so um, is, it, is it fair to ask uh, to to get you to share some examples of the sort of things you would get involved in just a little bit deeper um, to help businesses uh, get, get exit ready and, and just you know, how you would work alongside their FD. Just give them a bit of a taste of the, the sort of things you can do to help them get exit ready. Well,
1: in terms of exit readiness, and a lot of businesses tend not to think too much about, about the exit, although it is best practice to do that. Um, one of the things that I, that I do working with uh, clients is to operate a, an exit readiness checklist. So, uh, I have a, an index of, of things that a buyer would expect to look at um, and over a period of time, often, sometimes maybe two years before an exit process actually launches formally, I'm working with the business to look at uh, key aspects uh, of things that, that are to look at in a, D, in a DD, due diligence process. Uh, and uh, we have a a checklist, um, a traffic light checklist, so running down that checklist, anything from the uh, core business documentation, um, uh, the financial information, uh, IP ownership and technical information, run through that and and, and look at the state of exit readiness. It's no more than good business practice to do that. A business that's ready for exit um, has all its documentation in shape and it shows that the business is well run, has good governance and good controls.
0: Yeah, it sounds very similar to the sort of things that we look at in um, our 21 Steps Exit Ready program. So, uh, And we cover that in our Insight report. So uh, it's good to see that people are adopting that uh, balance between, you know, commercial and cultural uh, requirements to be exit ready you know and you know, i'm not sure you've said this but you know there's one thing getting the business ready for exit there's another thing having the owners ready to actually leave the business and knowing what they're going to go on to next because uh i don't know about you but i've found that a bit of an energy block in the past when business owners aren't really clear what they're going to do next and they end up stalling uh, mm-hmm. because they don't know what they're moving to and you know that big change is all a bit scary. All righty so um
1: i mean there's, nothing, you? You know, there's nothing worse in a process i was just say there's nothing worse in, in a process than a um than a business owner going to market uh and not having their core you know, documentation i mean it, once they've started a the process and they're scrambling around trying to find things that a buyer has asked them for, that really they should have had it, you know, frankly, it, 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 it not only frustrates the process, but it, but it actually is quite, quite embarrassing and is also likely to lead to um, a reduction uh, in confidence and potentially a reduction in the, the price that a buyer is willing to pay
0: for the business. Absolutely, and that's, that's why we talk about getting exit ready. When I say we, I mean people like you and us talk about getting exit ready actually helps the business you know, achieve a higher valuation. Um, yeah. you know, because if you're not, the, the buyers start looking for, for um, information. If they can't get it, 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 it eats away a confidence of, uh, and the confidence in the valuation that they placed on the business. So, um, yeah, look, critical type stuff. So, in terms of getting all of this information ready uh, ahead of any planned event or even um, whether it's an unplanned event, knowing that an event will be happening, in your experience, how long does it take to get exit ready uh, for all the the preparation work that you do? I
1: I always suggest to people with the end in mind, they should start the process uh, maybe 18 months to two years before they actually go to market. Now, it's possible that uh, an owner gets an unsolicited approach uh, before they've even considered putting the business on the market and launching a process. So having everything in place um, and having a well-run business means they're in great shape uh, whenever uh, a process uh, starts, whether it's um, induced by uh, an unsolicited approach from a
0: interested party oh look i couldn't agree more graham if you if you've got everything ready you know and and even if you you don't have any plans to leave if you've got everything ready uh uh, an an approach comes that puts you on the front foot rather than the back foot and when you're on the front foot you can leave on your terms you can drive the process rather than the buyer Mm -hmm. driving the process and if you drive the process you're going to get a higher valuation you're going to get the what you need for the business, you're going to make sure that things happen the way you want them to happen. So uh, we're saying very similar things. I think it's a, not surprising, really. There's, there's, you know, it's a, a tried and true approach. So what, in terms of uh, what m, other M&A people do, and uh, there's a whole lot of m and industry out there, but, but you seem to have a different approach. And, um, and, and I know we've talked about the, um, the project management side of what you do. But um, don't business brokers do that? Or what's the difference between what you do and, and, and brokers? In my experience, uh, a lot of the
1: business brokers and corporate advisory firms, they, their expertise is in, is, in, is in giving advice, but it's less uh, so on the hands-on support that's needed by the, uh, by the seller in their business and their management team needs to support them in the process itself frankly, just rolling up sleeves and, 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 and in getting things uh, in place and moving, moving, moving documents around. Um, it's not necessarily the best use of a broker's time or an advisor's time to do that. Uh, their, their, their focus is on uh, marketing and on driving the best deal at the best price for, for, for their client, the seller. Um, my expertise is very much in, in project in project management, in coordinating all the different aspects of a, of, of a deal.
0: Okay, and so when a broker finds that they've got a client and, and you're involved in the client, what's the typical response from a broker?
1: Um, I think they usually find it uh, very supportive. It means that there is somebody working in the business or alongside the business, very much focused on getting the information that the broker uh needs to communicate to the to the buyer so it's facilitating the process and making the uh the work of the uh, MA advisor or the broker uh a lot easier and also has the advantage of helping them to drive the process
0: yeah it allows them to to focus on doing the the marketing activity and uh as you say it makes their job easier And they have
1: the engagement with the buyer directly. That's not the project manager's role. Uh, The project manager is mainly the interface with the the seller and the seller's management team. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing, of course, is that in a a process, um, a seller or a business owner doesn't necessarily want everyone in their business to know what's going on. Now, they'll need to bring certain key management into the know um, so that they, because they're the people who will meet um, the buyer and they're the people that the buyer will be interested to see. But in other parts of the organization, uh, the owner will not want to unsettle employees uh, with the fact that there's a a process in in play. So having a project manager who can do that, and particularly being part of an exit readiness process where it it means that having uh, the project manager asking the questions, doesn't unsettle people and they just think it's part of a, the regular good governance, good control. Um, you know, we, we're, um, we're making sure our business is well run and in good shape.
0: Yeah. So if you're part of the, 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 the management, the leadership team, it's, you know, the, the, the perception is everything is status quo. Um, we're just running a well run, we're just part of a well run Correct. business. Yeah, correct. okay. Hey, so everyone loves a good case study, Graham. Have you got some stories that you can share, you know, hold the names if you like, but um, that you can share about how you've made a difference and uh, I guess kept a, a, a transaction on, on track or, or, or added um, you know, some significant value to a transaction? Yeah, definitely. So um,
1: I was um, engaged by um, or introduced to a, um, a seller um, of a business uh, by um, some MA and a advisors and a Boutique um, and they um, had uh, difficulty, they, they had a mandate from the owner who wasn't in the business, he, he was a part of a portfolio, he wasn't in the business but and he wanted to sell the business um, but the management team um, was struggling to um, do their day job managing the business and focus on the performance of the business and get the information over to the M&A advisors who had a mandate to uh, market the business and sell it. And the frustration was that the M&A advisors couldn't produce the, the information memorandum because they simply couldn't get the information they needed out of the business. So I was um, introduced and, and engaged um, by, the, the, by the owner to help the management team to drive things forward, uh, which I did successfully. And we um, got, got things moving. Uh, and the advisors were able to produce an IM and uh, organize, um, uh, organize things with, with potential buyers so we kicked off the process and as it was a competitive process and at the same time I was asked to um, help them to set up the, the data room in readiness for due diligence so again working uh, in the business working alongside the management team I helped to extract from them the information that was needed to um, put together the data room. And as we got into the due diligence, as, as uh, offers initial offers were uh, made for the business and due diligence started, um, I was able to coordinate the flow of information from the uh, management and, and the business into the, um, the data room and then answer the questions that were posed by the, by the potential buyers in a competitive process. And there were more than, there were in, the, in this, it was, it was, this was a managed process where there was more than one, one potential bidder in a competitive process. Uh, so there were multiple, multiple requests of, uh, for information. Um, so my involvement um, moved, not only moved things forward, but also made the life of the, the management team uh, a lot easier because I was the one doing a lot of the running around, allowing them to continue to focus on the business.
0: Okay. So you mentioned uh, the process having competitive uh, tension and and number of bidders. In your experience, and and, hopefully this will be uh, helpful to our listeners, in your experience, what difference does it make uh, when you've got more than one bidder in the process?
1: The the, the main advantage from the, the seller's point of view is competitive tension uh has the potential to uh push up uh, price if, if there's competitive tension um and, and there's more than one buyer in play at any time um then everyone's on their toes all the buyers know that they've got to sharpen their pencils and, and come up with a good a good price um if, if, if they're not to miss out on the opportunity so uh dealing with uh multiple Interested parties. Whilst it creates more work uh, um, for 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 the, uh, the seller side, because there are more people asking questions, it also has the opportunity uh, for the seller of uh, or the benefit for the seller of of extracting a, a, a better price from the from the buyer side because of the competitive
0: tension. Yeah, it's a good place to be. So if you're a seller, you want to make sure that you go through a managed process and, and, and uh, you know, get some competitive tension happening if you're really looking to maximize your valuation or your, or your price. Yeah. Okay, so apart from um, competitive tension having an impact, are there, is there any other differences, that different types of sale process, I guess, um, um, affect what you do and in, in the exit process?
1: Um, I think it, it's mainly if, it, if it's a what they call a bilateral, where there's, where there's one one buyer and and, and and one and one seller, they're talking they're talking they're talking directly, um, and, and there's just one set one set of uh, inquiries coming through from um, from, from the buyer side, although those could be from multiple different teams, financial, legal, tax, etc. Uh, when when it's a competitive process, there's just that multiplied by how a number of times there are uh, different uh it is in the in the process
0: okay so you're what i'm hearing is is whenever you're talking there's a lot of knowledge there's a depth of knowledge and expertise about what you do you know, clearly it's not the first time you've done this so but you keep coming back and doing it more so so graham what is it about this that you love what what really gets your, your juices flowing uh, for me, I, I, I just I love the uh,
1: the buzz of being involved in, in a process. Um, it's about ultimately, it's about for a seller, it, it's about getting their deal over the line and getting them um, the best price um, and do, doing it as efficiently as I can, so they're not distracted uh, during a deal. If if a seller is distracted, that uh, can um, Impact the performance of the business not only at the point of sale, at the point of sale, but beyond the point of sale, because you can see that several months after the sale is completed, uh, performance has dipped. Uh, it's not in anyone's uh, not in anyone's interest. For me, for me, it's about be, being involved in, in, in the process, coordinating all of the uh, the activity, the the different the different people involved in the process to get a deal over the line.
0: Okay, and. So once the deal's done, the transaction's complete, if it's a merger or, or an acquisition, you know, one, one business basically integrates into another. Um, yeah. Do you ever get involved in that process post-transaction? Yes, I do. I, I work on
1: um, buy side and, and sell side. So if, if it's um, an acquisition, um, then and, and I'm co- coordinating the, the due diligence program, so as a buyer, I'm coordinating the activity of the, uh, the financial due diligence, uh, the legal due diligence, commercial, operational IT. Um, I, 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 I'm also um, managing the process for thinking about integration, so planning integration uh, before a deal is completed. I mean, a lot of people uh, doing deals uh, run, uh, fall into the trap of not thinking about um, the integration piece Until the end of a deal or 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 after they've actually bought the business and they've got it and they're thinking, okay Now what do we do? The the right time to start thinking about uh, integration uh, is During the due diligence process where you're looking at the business um, You're finding out things about the business and you're looking at how you can extract the best value from that business once you own
0: it Absolutely it's, it's interesting, isn't it? We call it cultural due diligence. You know, most businesses go through and do the normal commercial due diligence. They look at the numbers, they look at the governance, they look at all the hard facts, but they, they don't look at how they're going to blend the two businesses together. What's the, what's the impact on the culture? Will one culture you know, you know, fit and blend into the other well, or, or will it be like oil and water? And there's significant impacts on the success of the, the acquisition the merger yeah I mean it's it's it's, 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 it's well stated that uh, a large uh,
1: proportion of acquisitions fail purely because of failure to to integrate successfully uh, and integration should start well before the the the, the agreements are signed and the pl- planning for integration should be planned through before before the com- well before the completion date and culture plays a big part in that Two two different businesses if a larger organization is buying a, a much smaller owner managed, uh, business and the cultures are inevitably going to be quite different. And the buyer needs to understand how things are done, uh, in, 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 the business they've, uh, they've just acquired. Um, the last thing they want to do necessarily is impose change where those changes will, will, will not sit well and they'll just damage the business they bought.
0: Yeah. It's uh, something to consider. So Graham, look, you, you've, shared a stack of information today and, um, you know, the one question I ask everyone who joins the show and uh, the regular listeners, uh, listeners, I'm sure will be waiting for this question. What's the one pearl? What's the one thing that you want listeners to walk away uh, after listening this to this podcast? What's the one thing you want them to remember?
1: Well, certainly uh, for sellers, they, they should not underestimate the scale of the task involved in getting exit ready and in, in most importantly, the, the, the amount of work that goes into a sales process. It's a lot of hard work um, and distraction from running the business can damage performance. And They need to remain focused on, on, on running the business and, and, and bring in help where it's needed to drive a process forward. Distraction kill,
0: and time kills deals and kills value right so focus get the right skills wise words from someone who's done it a number of times get the help in it'll make a big difference all right brilliant that's a great place to leave it graham thanks for your time today i appreciate you joining us on the exit insights podcast and until next time all the best thanks Sarah.